It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. All right, what's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Hope everybody had a fantastic weekend, and uh, thank you for joining us. It is Pushing the Limits time. we got a lot to get to today, a lot to talk about. By the way, we're broadcasting everywhere on every social media platform, uh, video and audio, including YouTube, including TikTok. Uh, also broadcasting live on my uh, Twitter page, which is Pushing Limits LV. On our Facebook fan page, which is PTL Vegas, and the YouTube page, PTL Vegas. Uh, as I mentioned, we got a lot to get to and a lot to talk about today. What has taken place in Brazil is a travesty, and it's amazing how it echoes almost identically what happened here in the insurrection here in Washington, D.C. a few years ago. What's happened in Brazil is is really despicable. We're going to talk about that. We're going to get the president, Joe Biden's response to it as well. We're also going to talk about the NFL weekend and uh, the games that were not very entertaining, including the Raiders game, how the Chiefs just came to town and just ran the Raiders over. But uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour, a story that uh, I definitely want to talk about. It makes, in my opinion, anyway, it makes the Raiders look really foolish. And that is the fact that they are kicking fans out for holding up signs with their opinions, holding up signs that say, you know, bench Josh McDaniels, fire Josh McDaniels. Um, I have a serious problem with this, so we're going to talk about that as well. We're going to talk about the Raiders season as a whole. Gully Scott Gulbertson from Silver and Black today will be joining us in hour number two to talk about that. I figured, you know, of course it's Monday, and what better person to have on than to talk about all these very important issues, whether it's the sports world or the political world. Chris Wynn, they call him C. Wynn. He's joining us in the studio now. Chris, how was your weekend? It was great, Brian. Good to join you. Of course, uh little rough sledding for most of the uh, Vegas sports teams this weekend, except for, obviously, the UNLV run to Rebels. But as you talked about, many more stories uh, not having to do with sports that uh, we're going to be able to focus on today. And, of course, that is the uh, the exportation, Mr. Shapiro, of fascism, it appears, mm. by some individuals here in the United States of America. A very disturbing story coming out of Brazil and uh, the, the folks that support Bolsonaro down there. And uh, how it does mirror a lot of what we saw transpire just a little bit over a year ago here in Washington, D.C., with respect to the uh, attempted insurrection. So very disturbing story there. And uh, among a lot of other things we're going to be able to discuss today on the Monday. Yeah. So uh, this really echoes the insurrection, the January 6th insurrection here in this country. Listen, whether Donald Trump had incited the insurrection here, whether this happens or not in Brazil, uh, I would, I would say maybe, but you know, we've seen these types of things happen throughout the world, but usually never in this country. But what happened in Brazil is a travesty. I want to read to you, um, what Joe Biden said over the weekend about this, because this is what leadership looks like. Joe Biden immediately said, quote, I condemn the assault on democracy and on the peaceful transfer of power in Brazil. Brazil's democratic institutions have our full support and the will of the Brazilian people must not be undermined. I look forward to continuing to work with Lula official, which is his uh, official, you know, of course, Twitter account. Hey, Chris, what do you think Donald Trump said on Truth Social about this? I think that it is disturbing to say the least, Brian, that officials from the person who was actually running, I'm talking about Bolsonaro, who you know, that actually met with him in Mar-a-Lago. I think that's absolutely ridiculous and preposterous and has led to this. But there's no question that there is a direct tie 
to the former president of the United States and people around him and to what has transpired in Brazil down in Brasilia in the last 24 to 48 hours. It's absolutely absurd. It's ridiculous that we're talking about exporting fascism in the United States of America is beyond ridiculous to me. It's also ridiculous that people still undermine what took place on January 6th, that there are people in this country that still say it wasn't an insurrection. There are still people in this country that make ridiculous claims when you have people that were there for one reason and one reason only. I'm talking about the January 6th insurrection right now. They wanted to overthrow the government. They wanted to try to ensure for themselves that Donald Trump would remain in power. That is exactly what an insurrection is, trying to overthrow the government in this case. People died that day. It wasn't just the woman that was shot inside the chambers. A woman was also trampled and died that day. A police officer died the next day. Brian Slitnick, I believe his name was. Dozens were injured. Yes. 140 officers were sent to the hospital, Chris. No question. Yes. It was a dark day in America, Brian. And to the people, the point you just made regarding, you just said, there's people out there that think it wasn't a big deal and that, and, and that have a, have a belief and understanding of January 6th in a way that's not reality. And to those people, I say you're idiots and you're a disgrace. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I know it's Monday. You know, you know me on Mondays. I come in here my one day a week. I get, you know, I get kind of aggravated and, <laughs> and that's fine, but. I mean, this is yeah. just so, it's so, well, so beyond disheartening. And by the way, what friend. side of the aisle is to blame for what took place in Brazil? Not Democrats. Wasn't liberals. Not Democrats. Not was, lefties. No. Wasn't no. lefties. Wasn't Democrats. Why is it that it, it, it why is and it? And not that, even some right-wingers either. Not even some Republicans. Yeah. But just a faction of the party. MAGA. MAGA. That's yeah. what we're talking about, Brian. We are talking about MAGA. MAGA. Yeah. I agree. This is MAGA. And the same types of people, Chris, in the United States that defend what took place on January 6th, or they're silent, or they don't want to get down to the truth, and they don't want to hold anybody responsible, are some of the same people on social media that are praising what took place in Brazil. It is so despicable, and it is so disgusting. Okay? Democracy is all we have, right? The will of the voters, and the Kerry Lakes of the world, and there are plenty of people that support Kerry Lake, which is mesmerizing to me. And those types of people are, some of them, are praising on social media what took place in Brazil. And your return to, Brian, obviously, is Steve Bannon and his ilk. Because Steve Bannon is someone that has come out Correct. and talked about this in a positive way, as if it's a positive reflection and a positive thing that has happened. Utterly and entirely ridiculous. That he th- that that you that he takes that position, and you call yourself an American, you call yourself a patriot. Get the you know what out of here with that crap. You know, I mean, it's just it's Steve Bannon, yes, and it's others, yeah, that are, are that have been involved with the government yeah. or have been who have been in a position of leadership. Let's put it yeah. that way, yeah, or have had you know some some type so, have been some type of a public servant. Now I want to know in some way, shape or form, there are people out there that maybe had different reactions when they heard of, of what took place in Brazil. I want to open up the phone lines and I want to know what was your first reaction when you saw the images of what took place in Brazil over the weekend? Was it January 6th? Were you thinking about Donald Trump or were you saying to yourself, this is not a big deal. I'll open up the phone lines for anybody that agrees or disagrees with me right now. The number to call 702 702- 
221-7283. And again, that number, now is the time to call in if you want to be a part of the program. We'll certainly be taking calls throughout the show, but now is the time. 702-221-SAVE, even though I can't save you any money or grief. 702-221-7283. That's 702-221-7283 if you'd like to be a part of the program. It seems like there is still a population in society, Chris, that does not think January 6th is a big deal. They didn't think that it was a big deal then, and they don't think that it's a big deal now. There's also a part of the population, luckily a small part of the population, that actually endorses what took place in Brazil. Now, I am happy that Joe Biden came out immediately. He wasn't sitting on his ass for six hours looking at the television. Joe Biden immediately put out a statement. The White House immediately put out a statement because that's what leadership looks like. You can disagree with Joe Biden on policy until the cows come home. I don't agree with everything about Joe Biden. I really don't. But you can't argue the fact that Joe Biden is a decent human being with something called empathy, something that Donald Trump never had. And sadly, many of his supporters don't have. Many of the MAGAs out there, in my personal opinion, don't have empathy either. I can shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and they would still vote for me. Those are the people I'm talking about. Joe Biden does have something called empathy. He does. And I appreciate his immediate statement in condemning what took place. I can tell you right now, if we had anything close to an insurrection, Joe Biden would immediately take action. He would immediately call for help. He would immediately do the things that you would expect from a leader to do. As would most people in Washington, I believe, even Republicans. I think most people would take action. But Donald Trump didn't do that on January 6th. Now, the argument is, does this happen in Brazil, if not for what took place here January 6th? For sure, obviously, I don't know the answer to that question, Chris. But I can tell you that it certainly didn't help. It certainly gave some people in Brazil some ideas. And we've had other types of insurrections across the world that have happened over time. Where are Donald Trump's statements about what took place in Brazil? Why is he not condemning the violence? Where are his comments? They're non-existent because he knows that this is very, very similar to what took place here in this country. Again, the number to call 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, 702-221-7283. A couple of things, Brian. Look, you talked about how there's people out there that seem like they think that January 6th is a big deal. No, there's people out there that actually believe that January 6th wasn't a big deal. It's not a same thing. There are actually people out there that believe that. Secondly, you just talked about would have the situation in Brasilia, the capital of Brazil, yep. obviously, mm-hmm. have happened if not for January 6th. We don't have to pussyfoot around this. Absolutely not. It wouldn't have happened. Probably Absolutely not. not. You, I just talked about at the top of the show about officials from this opponent's, uh, from his, uh, you know, uh, in- incoming uh, campaign meeting with Donald Trump. And, and, and Trump officials here in the United States after January 6th agreeing with what went down, looking to get ideas regarding how to go about doing something like January 6th. There is a fundamental misunderstanding among MAGA out there and right-wingers as to what a constitutional republic is and how free and fair elections should be. And what gets us so infuri- infuriated those of us on the left and those of us out there and even independents like yourself other and people that are on the right now that are that are disowning this right and that are that are criticizing this rightfully so what gets us upset is they do it under the guise of their being patriots 
They do it under the guise of all of us are the ones that are un-American. And all of us are the ones that are doing the wrong thing. And all of us are the ones that, you know, that, that should be on board with what happened on January 6th. That's why I am, my amp level is up to a thousand right now in the studio. Yeah. That's why a lot of us get upset because they're coming at it from an, from an approach that they're the patriots. They're yeah. the ones that care about America. They're the ones that care about elections. Yet you're doing everything opposite of what you should be doing regarding the situation. And it absolutely gets everybody fired up, including myself. So there are some people, you know, it's interesting. I was getting into a debate with somebody over the weekend. And that person who ran for office here, who, who by the way, is a Trump supporter, who wears Donald Trump knee pads, uh, says to me, Brian, you have TDS. Now that, for those of you that don't know what that is, that's they, they, they call that, those on the right call that Trump derangement syndrome. My initial response was, uh, you have TFS. It's a throwaway line. My initial, it's my, lame. My, my initial yeah. uh, response to it was you have TFS, Trump fellatio syndrome. That's That was my initial response. And I said, if you don't like Joe Biden's policies, let's have that conversation. If you think there needs to be more security at the border, for example, and we can talk about the border, that's a fair conversation to have. Uh, if you want to talk about inflation, fair conversation to have. I think that's a, a very fair conversation to have. But you cannot convince me and tell me that Donald Trump was good for the moral high ground of this country, that he didn't incite violence, and that Donald Trump was only out for one person, Donald Trump. He was not out for you, the American people. My argument is Joe Biden is a decent person. We, we know Hunter Biden, kind of a screw up, right? A, a drug addicted, guy, but, but he's also not a politician. I'm talking about the politicians. I'm not talking about the families. If you want to get into that, Bo Biden, a hero who risked his life for this country and, and, and Joe Biden. Well, don't get us started on the Trump kids too. I mean, yeah, yeah. Don't even get, I agree. I mean, don't break. even get me started with, yeah. with, with, uh, Uday and Kuse, also known yeah. as Eric and, and Donald Trump Jr. Um, yes. The bottom line here is I'm, I'm trying to focus and I don't spend too much time talking about the Trump family. I'm talking about Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a decent human being with empathy. When we have these types of situations that happen throughout the world, Joe Biden is the first person to talk about it. When he talks about the vaccines and when he talks about COVID, he wants to save lives. He doesn't make press conferences all about himself. He makes it about the American people. And his tweet today in talking about what took place in Brazil was not about him. It was about democracy and an attack on democracy, even though this time it wasn't luckily in this country. That's what Joe Biden is about. He's not perfect. In fact, I don't even want Joe Biden, Chris, to run in 2024. I think there are better candidates out there, not Kamala Harris. I don't want her to run either. But I think there are other people out there that are Democrats, and I'm going to name you one right now, Hakeem Jeffries. I'm going to tell you one thing, and we're going to get into this right now. Okay. McCarthy was sworn in, as you know, as the House Speaker, another bumbling fool, and somebody who, again, kissed Donald Trump's butt to try to get this power. I want to tell you what leader. Now, listen, I'm not even a Nancy Pelosi person. I don't think she was a great House speaker, but I'm going to show you what leadership looks like and something called the peaceful transfer of power. This is Nancy Pelosi on the House floor the other day. Have a listen to this. There you have it. A simple transfer of power where Nancy Pelosi, while getting a standing ovation, 
introduces Hakeem Jeffries. So to my Republican friends out there, that is what the peaceful transfer of power looks like. They couldn't even get McCarthy in there without how many votes? 17? Well, we can go down this road if you want, Brian. It's a transition to a different topic, obviously. We're talking about yeah. the situation in Brazil. And then you want to talk about the debacle that was the last four days in Washington, D.C. with respect to the House of Representatives and the Speaker of the House vote. It is a deep dive that we can take, and we can go down a, diff- a bunch of different directions. But I would concur with you. Yes, there is no question that when you're talking about the peaceful transfer of power, that's an important aspect that is a constitutional republic. That is an important aspect of democracy that did not have smooth sailing back on January 6, 2021. It just did not. And, or excuse me, 2022. And so, uh, 2000, no, excuse me, 2020. The point being is that there's no question about it that there are individuals. I've taught, there's a reason why at the top of the show I use this phrase, exporting fascism. That's what's happening. We used to be a shining bright light on the hill, Brian, mm-hmm. when it came to democracy around the world. We used to be a beacon of what it meant to have a constitutional republic and to promote democracy. Now, in 2022 and 23, we have public officials, individuals that used to be president or used to be vice president, used to be in the government, exporting fascism to other countries. Now that's our value system. Now we're promoting that. That's another big reason why I've been getting so loud here on on your Monday And I want to add something else, too. And I, I hear this all the time from righties that, you know, they'll call into the show and they'll say, Brian, you're a liar. You're full of misinformation. But never give you a lie that you say. Hold on. Yeah. But me, never give you a lie let me you just, say. Let me just finish. Okay. Yeah. I agree. Right. But let me just, let me just make the point. What am I lying about? Where is my misinformation? Okay. Well, here's your opportunity to call into the show and call me out. If you think I'm un- uneducated, if you think I'm a liar, what have I said today? That's a lie. I'm opening up the phone lines. Tell me. Here's your opportunity. Yes. 702-221-7283. I'm going to give out that number again so some of you MAGAs with your little fingers can can write it down. 702-221-7283. Uh, there's a difference between an opinion and a lie. For example, here's an opinion. Okay, An opinion is Donald Trump was a great president. Okay, well, I would disagree with you on that, and I have many reasons for that. But you're entitled to your opinion. That's an opinion. What's a lie? The vaccine has killed millions of people. People are just dropping dead every day from the vaccines. That's medical information. That's a lie. So for some of my Trumplican friends out there, I'm trying to help you understand the difference. Now, I want to play you, uh, open up the phone line 702-221-7283. I want to play you uh, the fine line difference between Republicans and Democrats. This is Hakeem Jeffries, and this is uh, him speaking on the House floor before he introduces Kevin McCarthy as the new House Speaker. Hakeem Jeffries clearly states the difference between 2023 Republicans and Democrats. Have a listen to this. But I also want to make clear that we will never compromise our principles. House Democrats will always put American values over autocracy, benevolence over bigotry. The Constitution over the cult, democracy over demagogues, economic opportunity over extremism, freedom over fascism, governing over gaslighting, 
hopefulness over hatred, inclusion over isolation, justice over judicial overreach, knowledge over kangaroo courts, liberty over limitation, maturity over Mar-a-Lago, normalcy over negativity, opportunity over obstruction, people over politics, quality of life issues over QAnon, reason over racism, substance over slander, triumph over tyranny, understanding over ugliness, voting rights over voter suppression, working families over the well-connected, xenial over xenophobia, yes we can over you can't do it, and zealous representation over zero-sum confrontation. We will always do the right thing by the American people. So, there are very distinguished differences. It's funny because every Democrat voted for Akeem Jeffries. They seem to be united. Why don't you talk to Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates and uh, how they stretch this thing out. Now, why did they do it? Why did they do it? Well, very simply put, it's not just because maybe some of them have some personal issues with Kevin McCarthy. It's because they want to make a name for themselves. Lauren Boebert wants to appear on Sean Hannity. Matt Gates wants to appear on Newsmax or wherever the hell else he is if he's not on his Venmo account. They want to make names for themselves. It's the same reason why Marjorie Taylor Greene makes ridiculous statements and all these far righties say ridiculous and crazy things so they can get clicks, so they can remain in power, um, so they can remain famous within the alt-right, you know, Republican Party. That's why they did this. They knew that McCarthy was still going to be the House Speaker. We had former presidential candidate Joe Walsh on the show Friday. He told us that this was going to happen. Eventually, McCarthy's going to get in anyway. But they do it for one reason and one reason only, just so they can make headlines, so they can get clicks and remain in power. This, These are the faces of the Republican Party, like it or not. Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Gymnasium Jordan, DUI Matt Gates. Uh, these are the faces of the Republican Party, like it or not. Now, I don't think every Republican feels this way. I certainly don't think every Republican is is crazy or a lunatic. But those that I certainly just mentioned are, and there are some Democrats on the left that I don't like either. But I don't think they say things and do things to make headlines. I don't think Ocasio-Cortez uh, says things to make headlines so she can be on television and make CNN appearances. Uh, this was an embarrassment not to America. This was an embarrassment to Republicans. And you saw the moment, Chris, in the House chambers when somebody had to be held back. Somebody was, it, it appeared like was going after Matt Gates, and somebody puts their hand over this guy's mouth and had to be held back. Are we all children? You are all elected officials. You're supposed to act like leaders and adults. And it made you guys look so silly and so bad. Um, I hope Kevin McCarthy succeeds, but he's a politician who only plays politics, and I have no faith in him. I like Akeem Jeffries, not because I'm a Democrat. I'm an independent. I'll open up the phone line, 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, 221-7283. So the incident you're referring to, obviously, is Mike is uh, Mike Rogers, I believe. I believe he's a Michigan Republican House Representatives member who went after Matt Gates. It wasn't necessarily, you know, a uh, an egregious thing. And he was being held back by a couple other Republican lawmakers. What transpired, Brian, over the early part of the weekend is unprecedented and is, I mean, that's a word that we used a lot last week. Well, we, we're going to use it with respect 
to this Speaker of the House vote. It hasn't happened. This has not gone down this way. There hasn't been. Usually it's a rubber stamp, Brian. Usually it is a foregone conclusion. Uh, breaking news. If you have the majority in the House of Representatives, usually you'll, you know, you'll vote a Speaker of the House in on the first ballot. It's happened for decades. It's happened for, you know, close. It hasn't, what, what happened this weekend has not happened in almost a century. It's going back to the ni- early 1900s since it's happened. So yeah. that gives you an indication of how completely preposterous and ridiculous it was, how this all thing shook out. Now, moving forward, right? Now that Kevin McCarthy is the speaker, to your point that you just made regarding Republicans on the far right, the ones that were holding this up, holding it hostage, right? The, the, uh, the somewhere around 20 Republicans that were essentially holding this up. You talk about Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene, they're part of it. And, and Lauren Boebert as well, too. They eventually all caved. Why they cave? Well, they cave because they gave, because, because Kevin McCarthy has made deals with them. He has cut deals with them. As far as committee assignments and as far as uh, how things are going to be run, there's all kinds of egregious and ridiculous things that are about to be put into place with respect to the House of Representatives that weren't before. A lot of, a lot of, uh, things that were uh, supposed to be safety barriers are not in place now because of what transpired. And, and because Kevin McCarthy needed to get the votes. So a lot, what, and I'm going to circle back to what you're talking about regarding those far right winger Republicans. It's not about governing, right? They're not about governing. They're about self-promotion. Wow. Who else was about that too? Who else had that same kind of mantra? Oh yeah. It was the former president, Donald J. Trump. Same type of mantra. More about my self-promotion, it's more about me right. and about my job and about me being in the spotlight than it is about governing and about the American people and about doing the right thing for the American people. I'm not going to sit here and say that all Democrats and all the people on the left don't have a ham in them as well, too, and don't like to be on camera and don't like to be popular and don't like to be famous. I'm not going to say that. But it is egregious on the right right now, with respect to people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates, and others, Koser, Goser, and uh, across the board, yeah, uh, uh, Josh Hawley, like it's just, it is, it is all about self promotion, and as you pointed out, getting your name out there, than it is about actually governing and getting things done for yeah. the American people. And isn't it interesting, Chris, when you point out actual facts? Like what took place on January 6th was violent. It was an embarrassment to the country. When you point out facts, some people on the far right want to immediately call you a liberal or a Democrat. You know, let me be very clear. No doubt. Yeah, it's frustrating, especially for somebody like me who votes on both sides of the aisle. I didn't vote for Barack Obama. I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. And I'll tell you why, because I don't like Hillary Clinton. I don't like the Clintons. No more than I like the Trumps, to be quite frank with you. And I didn't vote for either of them. And I don't believe in voting necessarily for the lesser of two evils. If I think someone now, I, I mean, in fairness, Brian, you me, have been hammering away. Yeah, let me, at so, Republicans yeah, let me finish for you. I know. Let me, it's in fairness. Let, let me finish that out. Let me finish. Um, I regret not voting for Hillary Clinton because Donald Trump has been a disaster in my opinion, but I didn't vote for Barack Obama or Mitt Romney. Why? So I think they're both decent men. And I believe Mitt Romney would have been a decent president. Don't always agree with him on policy. Didn't always agree with Barack Obama, but I believe Barack Obama was a good husband, good father, and a decent man. 
And, and and I still feel the same about Mitt Romney and my feeling towards him. I think it was what was it 2012? I could have lived with Mitt Romney my, as president. My I feeling, absolutely lived with him. My feeling towards Mitt Romney in 2012 stands tall now because he did what was right. He voted to impeach Donald Trump. He he stood tall for what is right. Um, I I, I respect the heck. I respected the hell out, uh, out of John McCain. Didn't like uh, Sarah Palin, but the, one of the best moments in my I think you'll agree with me on this. Um, in political history, at least in my mind, was when that ignorant woman took the microphone at a John McCain rally when he was running Absolutely. for president. Yeah. And she said she called Barack Obama an Arab, I believe. John McCain immediately took that microphone and said, no, ma'am. Barack Obama is a decent man. We just happen to disagree on policy. That's what a democracy looks like. That's what a decent man does. Would you ever see Donald Trump do something like that? If somebody made a statement about Joe Biden and said he had dementia or said, let's go, Brandon, do you think Donald Trump would? No, ma'am. Joe Biden is a decent man. We just disagree on policy. Absolutely not. Because Donald Trump is a bad human being. Would he That's do that, why. Brian? Not only would he not do that, he would take it where he could take it further. He would, he would promote it. Yeah. He would be someone who would, he would be touting that nonsense. Right. He'd be somebody who would be going further. So it's not just about denouncing it. Like like the late John McCain did, and I concur with you a hundred percent. I'd have no problem if John McCain was president. I think Sarah Palin was ridiculous. He's a war I, hero. I thought that was ridiculous. And look, I, I I was happy obviously yeah. as a Democrat that Barack Obama ended up president. But I would have, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't have lost my my my. You know what? I would have lost my. You know what? If Mitt Romney was president, right. just like I haven't lost my. You know what? Because Joe Lombardo is the governor of Nevada. Right. It's not. It's the, the same, sky's not going to fall. It's the same thing. Yeah. Everything changed, Brian Shapiro. In 2016, with respect to Donald Trump, right, and a big reason for it is not not because of Donald Trump was a terrible president, not because of, it's because Donald Trump essentially, when he was elected, he showed no he, he was not contrite whatsoever. He didn't want to reach across the aisle. He didn't want to reach out to Democrats. What did Donald Trump do? He gave everybody that didn't vote for him the middle finger. It's exactly what he did, yep. and he did it for four years, and he continues to do it now. Yep. And he continues to tout that he lo- that he won the election in 2020 to this day. It's 2023. Yeah. Look, folks. I mean, it's just it's it's, it's very dis- simple. My point being, the discourse has completely changed since what you talked about. Yeah. With respect to the Mitt Romney versus Obama and the and the and the John McCain versus Barack Obama yeah. elections, and then of course Donald yeah. Trump. And, and you know, it's amazing. I call out the behavior of Donald Trump or what took place on January 6th, and the immediate reaction by somebody who. Uh, who brown noses Donald Trump would say, Oh, you must be paid by George Soros or the Democrats. Listen, if you make a statement like that, you don't know what you're talking about. It's very simple, folks. If you have problems or issues or complaints about what is going on at the border, or you have a problem with inflation or gas prices, the only way things are going to get better is if Republicans and Democrats are able to work together. That's the only way it is going to work. And if you disagree with me, then fine. Uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. We'll take some of your phone calls on the other side. And again, that number, 702-221-7283. Again, some people say, Brian, you're lying. You're misinformed. You're uneducated. All right. I'm giving you the, uh, I'm giving you an opportunity right now to tell me why. What have I said that is a lie? What have I said that is misinformation? What have I said that you do not agree with and you think I'm misinformed? Now's your chance. I give everybody a platform and an opportunity to call in. And again, that number, 
221-7283. And again, that number is 702-221-7283. We're going to take a break. You'll, we'll take some of your phone calls on the other side. And eventually we'll get to uh, NFL fans being kicked out of games for having a, a sign that says uh, fire Josh McDaniels. Wow, that's a little strange. We'll get to that. He's Chris Wynn. I'm Brian Shapiro. We'll be back in a couple minutes. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to pay some bills. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits on KSHP. Buddy, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? When you can be a hero. Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Look, it's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. All right, here we are back at Pushing the Limits here on KSHP. So glad you could join us. Uh, We're going to be talking how some NFL fans are getting kicked out of arenas for holding up innocent signs. We'll get to that, but I promised you we'd get right to our phone calls at 702-221-7283. Why don't we start off with Kramer? Hello, Kramer. How you doing, guys? What's up, man? 
Well, I, I was just hearing you talk, and it, it's, it's amazing to me um, how we've got a situation in this country where we've got a number of people that have decided that um, if you voted for a specific person, that you don't have any rights anymore. And I think that that's distressing in our country. What do you, okay, so go further. What do you mean? Uh, if you vote for a specific person, well, you don't have rights anymore. That's kind of a generic statement. Be, I, I'm confused. Help me out. Well, it shouldn't be confusing at all. I, I mean, I just heard what you were saying about Trump supporters and so on. And did I, I say? Did I say? Wait a minute. Time out. It doesn't. On, it's not. It's, it's not confusing, Brian. It doesn't make any sense what you're saying. Everybody has. Everybody in America okay. is, is, so, is. There's not different rights for whoever you voted for. That doesn't. Okay. That, so hold on. That, that statement makes. So no that was sense. my statement. Yeah. So, sir, never did I say that if you voted for Donald Trump, you don't have any rights. Right. Where did you hear me say that, sir? With all due respect. Well, I'm talking about a generic over the overarching because here, here's this trickle down effect. Okay, so now you're not blaming. So now you're not saying it's me, right? No, no, no. I didn't say you. I didn't say okay. you. Okay, so explain to me a situation. Okay, so help. Okay, fair enough, sir. So help me out, Kramer. Explain to me a situation mm-hmm. where somebody on the left says, "Well, you voted for Donald Trump, so you don't deserve any rights." Be specific and give me an example. I'll be very specific. Sure. So uh, I voted for Trump. Okay. I didn't take the vaccine. Okay. And so, therefore, I lose my rights to go uh, for a time to go into restaurants in, in New York City. I, I lost my right to be able to travel across this country. I lost my right to, to be employed freely. Uh, there's a number of different things where I lost my right in this country because of voting for, for, for Trump. No, okay, it wasn't because so, you voted for Trump. Trump no, okay. it was not because you voted for Trump. It's because there were mandates put in place okay. because of the COVID-19 right. virus. Well, Chris, it has nothing on. to do okay, with so their Chris, voting. Chris, hang on. Okay, yeah. so, okay, so hold on. Let me just respond. Uh, what is what is, what is Chris, not fast yacker about what Chris, I just said? Okay, I agree with you, Chris, but let me just respond. Okay, exactly. Let yeah. me respond to him. Okay, so, sir... <laughs> Those rules also mm-hmm. applied to people who voted for Joe Biden. Those vo- rules also mm-hmm. applied, and it had no uh, matter of difference whether you voted on the right or the left. So what are you talking about? Those it, it did. It did because so there was a lot. Hold on. So you're hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm gonna hold on. So you're telling me that there were laws put in place when it came to the vaccines and when it came to COVID only if you voted for Donald Trump, sir? You're absolutely wrong. Well, I am wrong. I am right. I am so right. tell me right. how. So give me another example. Or you're not right, or you could be wrong. Well, don't, don't, you don't need to yell. You don't need to yell. I'm well, not it's, at you. Okay, well, okay. sir, what you're saying, take, I'm going to say this. Take it down a notch. Okay, well, so. Look, we're passionate people. If okay. you're going to say something crazy, we're going we're gonna to so, call you out on it, so, my friend. Sir, yeah, so, sir, I'm happy to have this conversation with you. Yeah. The reason why okay, I get. Let me walk you through it. Okay, well, then, uh, then before, let me walk you through it. Okay. Stop talking and let me walk you through down, it. Pot them down. Pot them down. Okay, sir, here's the way. Chris, hang on. You're insanity. Hang on. Hang on, Chris. Yeah. Sir, let me explain to you how this works. I'm happy to give you an opportunity. This is not your show. I will talk when I want to talk, and then I will give you an opportunity to respond. You don't run this show. It's my show, not yours. Number two, I almost died of COVID two years ago. And because of people like you that say things that are not true about COVID, say things that are not true about the vaccines, and then claim because you're a Trump supporter you're treated differently when it comes to the law of the land as opposed to somebody who's a Democrat is absurd. So don't tell me how to run my show. If I would like to raise my voice because I'm a passionate person, I will do so whether you like it or not. Understood? Let me be real clear here about where there's a difference in the law right now. Please lower your voice. Let you're you're yelling. Clear. Please lower your voice. You're yelling, sir. <laughs> I'm not yelling. Sir, please lower your voice. Sir, sir, lower your voice, sir. You're yelling. As I do. This is called projection and radio. I'm not yelling at you. This is not projection you, you know. radio. This is called independent radio where I look at both sides of an issue and then I share my opinion. So don't you give me that nonsense. Well, you're projecting. 
Well, you're projecting, sir. Why don't you say something that's you're factually no accurate? Because you haven't I'm said you haven't said one I, thing I that's factually accurate yet. So go ahead, say something factual. Okay, I'll, I'll say something factual. I'll wait. Yeah. Um, okay, it was revealed that the the Hillary Clinton campaign, in collusion with the FBI, this is the Durham investigation. Uh-huh. It was revealed that they spied on the Trump campaign and then continued to spy on him as president with inside the walls of the White okay, House. Okay, so let's respond that to revealed. that. Let's respond to that claim. Where okay. was the charge, sir? There is no charge yet. Oh, so there's no charges. So you're projecting, sir. It's just an opinion. Have a nice day. I'm not I've projecting. Ha- I've had enough of you, sir. Have a nice day. Thank you for calling in. You're welcome to call back tomorrow. And by the way, I loved you on Seinfeld. 702-221-7283 uh, is the number to call. Again, 702-221-7283. Let's go to John. John is next. Hello, John. John, help us out, my friend. Hey, man. Kramer, <laughs> uh, I love Seinfeld, but, uh, boy, that... Uh, at Kramer, I'll bet. I'll bet anybody. I'll bet you lunch at Nobu that Kramer's an uneducated white man. Want to bet? <laughs> hey, news to me, right, John? That I didn't know there were different laws and different rules for people that voted for Donald Trump and people that voted for Joe Biden. I, I guess I learn something new every day, my friend. Right, John? Let me ask you a question. How else can I respond to somebody yes. who calls into this show? And listen, God love him. He calls into this show and says, complains about some of the COVID, uh, you know, uh, mandates. That's fine. We can have that conversation. But then he says, it's because I'm a Trump supporter. And last I checked, any of the mandates when it came to the vaccines or anything applied to both Republicans and Democrats. What is this guy talking about? He's, there's no logic there. He's just hopped up. He's just hopped up on Fox hate. When he when he when Hillary Clinton came out of his mouth, I was like, "There we go." It's just uh, Benghazi and emails and what about isms and it's just pathetic, man. These people have no ability uh, to think critically. Uh, they're they're uh, uh, they're disappointed in their uh, station in life and their accomplishments in life, and they want to blame it on immigrants. It's just pathetic, man. The state of our country, from Rupert, an Australian. An Australian has destroyed this com- country because he figured out that you can peddle in fear and hate and make millions and millions of dollars off of it. How do I, I don't know how else to talk to people like that. Um, if you didn't like the mandates or you, you didn't like not being able to go into a restaurant, hey, there was a global pandemic. There was a time in our country where 5,000 people were dying every single day. Was it fun? No, I hated the fact that we couldn't go places, that we had to wear masks. But you know what? I did it, and I lived with it, because I knew it was better for the common good of the country, and, and it would save lives. Were there mistakes made? Absolutely. Could we have run things better? Not in this country, just but across the world. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean I sat there and I said, oh, I'm not going to wear a mask. They're going after me because I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican. (laughs) Last I checked, the rules were put in place and they didn't ask every person walking into a restaurant, hey, did you vote for Trump? Because if you voted for Trump, you can't come into this restaurant. But if you voted for a Democrat, come right in. It doesn't matter whether you were vaccinated or not. That's not how it worked. And the fact that people actually believe that stuff is so crazy to me, John. I don't even know how to respond to somebody like that. Kramer wakes up in the morning, and anytime anything goes wrong in his life, he tries to figure out how to blame Democrats for it. It's really that simple. But, hey, I, I called for another reason. I mean, we could go on with Kramer, but he's not worth any more time. Uh, I, I, look, I hope somebody, some young buck, details in great pain what exactly transpired that McCarthy needed 15 votes uh, 
to become speaker. What exactly did he give a, give away? I, I really hope somebody does a documentary on that. It would be fascinating. Well, we know, uh, John, we know exactly what McCarthy gave away uh, a long time ago. When Trump took office, he gave away his spine. So we know that yeah. Kevin McCarthy doesn't have a spine. We know that he gave away his backbone. Uh, we don't know where it went. Maybe he gave it to his uh, wife. I, I don't know. Argue, but... I, mean, I heard what Joe Walsh said, and I'm coming around on him thanks to you, Brian. But Walsh uh, is a good man. He's a good man. That. I think it's more than wanting 15 minutes on Tucker Carlson's show or, or trying to raise money. I think part of what he gave away um, has to do with these committee assignments, and I think it has to go to criminal liability. You know, shocker. Uh, many, many Trump uh, administrators, legislators, and uh, sycophants uh, are under criminal investigation. And, and I suspect that some of these committee assignments, in part Matt Gates is one of those folks, um, I think he was trying to negotiate to, to manipulate the rules in some way uh, that he would perhaps uh, yeah. limit or uh, curtail his cr- potential criminal liability. Yeah, yeah, you might be right about that, John. Hey, it's good to hear from you, my friend. I appreciate you. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Okay, Thanks, John. John. Thank you. Great show, guys. Thank you. All right, again, that number seven zero two 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 one seven two eight three, And again, two two one seven two eight three. Going back to what I said earlier, Chris, mm-hmm. this is not a show where it's about project- projection. This is not a show where, for example... 99% of talk radio today that is political, Chris, you will agree with me on this, is all right-wing the echo. Right. Absolutely it is. It's called right-wing yeah. echo chamber radio. Mm-hmm. I am a registered independent, and there's no question I lean to the left on many of social issues in this country. During the midterms, I voted for Republicans and Democrats because I vote both ways. I take an issue, and then I form my own opinions. Example, I'll turn on CNN. And then I'll go on, and even though I don't enjoy it, I'll put on Fox News and hear what they're saying about that specific issue. And then I form my own opinions, because that is what I do. This is not a show about projection. Nobody's paying me. These are my and yours personal opinions that I share on this show, and I try to base my opinions on something that many people on the far right, a word that they can't spell, which is called fact. And I'm going to go back because we had a gentleman that just called in, not John, who just said that that because he voted for Donald Trump, his rights were taken away. His rights were taken away. He can't go into IHOP without <laughs> a mask because he voted for Donald Trump. Yeah, that he must can't get on an airplane and yeah. travel to where he wants to go because yeah. he voted for Donald yeah. Trump. Yeah. He can't do this and he yeah. couldn't do that that's during the, the pandemic because <laughs> he voted for Donald Trump. <laughs> what are we doing, people? What is wrong with you, brother? <laughs> You're killing me. Hey, and by Chris, the way, the back and forth where you guys are talking projection, projection. I was having flashbacks, Mr. Mark Hayes and Mr. Shapiro to wedding crashes, right? Little Vince Vaughn and little, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Chris, you <laughs> know, little, little back and forth. Chris, you're projecting. Chris, no, you're projecting. Chris, you must have been ignorant to facts because, uh, you know, during the pandemic, when I went into IHOP, I saw the host there and she was asking everybody what their political affiliation was. And she was yeah. asking them if they voted for Trump. And, you know, if they voted for Trump, sorry, you got to go. Oh, you voted for Biden. Oh, come right in. Yeah. Cause that's exactly how the pandemic worked yeah. how could people think like that Are, can people really be that ignorant to facts that that's the way they think yes they can brian and to your point that you brought up about uh, 10 15 minutes ago regarding people calling into the show right brian yeah, yeah. and saying that you're a liar and yeah. and, and yeah, you I'm asking for examples yeah. look whether it was this show here pushing the limits here at kshp whether it was the old show that we used to do right at another yeah. station there was never anybody that was able to call in and give exact Point in fact details yeah. of when you were lying 
or when you were actually saying something yeah. that was factually inaccurate Chris. at all. Hey, Chris. It never happened. Chris, okay? Stop. And it's not going to happen now. Chris, stop projecting. You're yelling. Yes, I am projecting. <laughs> 702-221. You better lock it up. No, you better lock it up. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Let's go to Steven. Steven is next. What's up, Steven? Hey, how's it going? What's up, Steven? Thanks for calling in. What's on your mind, my friend? Hey, I think it's a great day. Not only yeah. did Brunson versus Adam gets kicked down to the trash can by the Supreme Court, uh, Georgia has finalized its grand jury, which we know what's going to happen there. I only need 11,780 votes. Correct. I'm Correct. just kind of wondering what type of conspiracy theories the Trump lovers are going to pill up next. <laughs> well, Stephen... You bring up a good point because we haven't even talked about uh, what's going to be happening to Trump when it comes to the uh, possible indictments. You make a very good point. We remember, Stephen, and you do as well as I, I only need so many votes, you know, in Georgia. Uh, I just need to find so many votes. Uh, you know, 11,780. Correct. Exactly. And we all know what that meant, right, Stephen? That meant just cheat and get me 12,000 fake votes so I could become the next president of the United States. I don't care about democracy. And by the way, those are Republicans, the Republican Secretary of State over there. Ratzenberger voted for Trump. Exactly. He did. He voted for Trump. I'm sorry. And the the thing is this. You know, I've been doing this since when, in 2015 when Periscope was up. I've been, I'm on TikTok and I've been, uh, and on Twitter and all this fighting and all this stuff. The thing is this. He wasn't looking for voter fraud. He was looking specifically for himself. He didn't care about anybody else but him. Correct. The win is for him. And he planted the seeds of doubt in 2016, saying the only way he's going to win is it's a, it's a rigged election. He did in 2019, 2020. He did this because he knew he had exactly the people that he wanted, the uneducated people, which Donald Trump says, I love the uneducated. Yeah. Which is a ridiculous statement. By the way, Stephen, to your point also <clears throat> with, with what's going down in Georgia, the former president literally threatened Ratzenberger on that phone call as well, too, saying, look, if you don't have my back and you don't know the right thing, it could be it could be bad for you, right? From a legal yeah. standpoint sure. and from a political standpoint, I, obviously, I, as well, too. Yeah, you, but yeah, there was an actual exactly threat I'm just that was in that call. Stephen, I, wanna, I don't want any trouble for you. Stephen, yeah. I want to ask you a question. Um, yes. What do you think Republicans would be saying if Barack Obama, after the election, called in to a state like a Georgia that maybe he lost and said... I just need to find, I don't know, 7,000 votes or 11,000 votes. What do you think Republicans would say if Barack Obama had lost to Mitt Romney or John McCain and said that John McCain was an illegitimate president and I won the election in a landslide, and then we had an insurrection that was run by Democrats and Barack Obama supporters? Do you think Republicans wouldn't want to find out how and why that happened? How do you think Republicans would have responded to that? They would have impeached him. They would have used in the 14th Amendment against him. They would have done everything possible to get him out of the White House up to uh, tar and feathering him and running him out on a rail. Yeah, Stephen and I agree. Bri- Stephen and Brian, if that would have happened, Republicans' heads would have exploded, right? Yes. Can you imagine exactly. Republicans, if they're dealing with Democrats, doing all of what Brian yeah. just talked about? They would have absolutely yeah. gone bonkers on top of what yeah. Stephen just said that yeah. would transpire. Hey, Stephen, I uh, I appreciate you calling in, my friend, and uh, you call back anytime. Okay, we're going to be. Can I say one more thing? Yeah, yeah. Qu- quickly, go ahead. Okay. Yep. Now remember, in February on February sixth, there's the defamation case that E. Jean Carroll has coming up. Also on November twenty fourth. Uh, at 12.01, uh, 
2022 because New York changed the uh, status of uh, of uh, uh, people being sexually molested by people like Trump. She was able to file a case against him now because now yeah. they've given her, the people like her who have been yeah. sexually molested right. another year. So she filed a rape case against Donald Trump. The thing is yeah. this. He's fighting giving his DNA, as you know. Yeah, and by the way, uh, if you recall, there were at least 25 women that accused Donald Trump of sexual assault or rape, including Donald Trump's ex-wife in court documents. And then after they settled, uh, she, you know, put those statements to bed and she said, yep. uh, you know, but but in a court document, Donald Trump's ex-wife, I believe it was Ivana Trump, wasn't it? That said, it, was, it was Ivana Trump. Yeah. And then Michael Cohen threatened her that if she doesn't recant that, yeah. that she's going to lose her yeah. uh uh, money from yeah. a divorce. But the but the Republicans out there, some of them, not all of them, want to say that Joe Biden is the child molester. It is so ridiculous. Stephen, it is good to hear from you, my friend, and uh, hopefully call back soon, okay? I appreciate the call, uh, sir. Thank I you. I will. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Stephen. you, Stephen. Good phone call. 702-221-7283. And again, that number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation, that number is 702-221-7283. Again, we can have disagreements, right? We can disagree. Again, an opinion is... Joe Biden's a terrible president. Okay, that's an opinion. I would probably disagree with you, but I'm willing to have that conversation with you. But when you call into the show and you say, because I voted for Donald Trump, I wasn't able to go to restaurants and I wasn't able to do this and I wasn't able to do that. It's it just factual. It's just, it's just not true. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can have opinions. You can disagree with the way COVID was handled. You can disagree with the way certain politicians put in mandates. Again, that's a very fair conversation to have. But to just blatantly say with no truth to it that because I voted for Donald Trump, my rights were taken away. That, that that's and by the way, it's not your right. This is how stupid that statement is. It's a private business. Let's just say he brought up restaurants. Let's just say that's true for a moment, which it's not that if you're a Trump supporter, a restaurant has the right to not provide you service. Now, they can't not provide you service because of your race or gender. Right. Uh, although the Supreme Court ruled that. If you're gay, a place doesn't have to serve you if it's against their religious rights. There's something called a private business. And a private business can kick you out if they don't like you for a reason. Now, this is a perfect segue to what we're going to be talking about next. Because in the next segment, Chris, the Las Vegas Raiders kicked out a fan for simply holding up a few signs, one of which said, Bench McDaniels. So we're going to get into freedom of speech. Okay. We're going to get into this very topic when we come back. But what they confuse quickly, Brian, right, is what the government's ability is to do, right, with respect to free speech and what private companies, i.e. Twitter, right? Twitter's obviously been embroiled in yep. a lot of this because you've got a lot of people chirping on social media about how, oh, I'm a social media site and I don't get to say what I want to say. And I don't, you know, and I'm handcuffed by what's a private company. And they're using it in the same context as if it's government interference, you know, restricting right. your freedom of speech. And that's why it's a big problem. And that's why people just, again, I talked about fundamentally not understanding what a democratic republic is. There's a lot of dumb people out there, mostly right-wingers, okay, when it comes to free speech and what private companies can do yes. and what the government can do. And this is a conversation we're going to have on the other side, but you're right. Uh, free speech pertains to the government, freedom of speech. There are a lot of Republicans out there when they talk about Twitter and Elon Musk and how conservatives allegedly, you know, they're being silenced. 
freedom of speech pertains to the government. It doesn't pertain to you going on social media. Uh, that is a private business. I don't understand why so many people on the right don't understand that. Now, I can disagree with it. I don't think you should ever be allowed to incite violence. You should not be allowed to uh, threaten people. There are certain things where you should never cross a certain line or say something racist or homophobic, right? Um, companies have a responsibility to take that stuff off mm-hmm. of there. Uh, but again, it's their company. While I disagree with Elon Musk and I disagree with a lot of what he stands for, he owns the company. If today he decided to get every liberal and every Democrat off of Twitter, he would have the right to do it. Even though I, we could disagree with it, he would have the right to do that. You can say it's freedom of speech, but it's not because it doesn't pertain to the government. Example, you can go on a sidewalk today and you could hold up a sign that says, I don't know. I I love Adolf Hitler. You could say, I love Adolf Hitler. You can do that's Yeah, that's you can do that. The government can't take your sign away or kick you off the street. However, there are consequences to your actions. Example, Mm -hmm. if your employer finds out about it, and they would, I would imagine they would deem that to not reflect very well on their company. They can fire Absolutely. you. People yeah. can take pictures of you on a public sidewalk and post it on social media. People could possibly identify who you are. It happens every day. There are consequences to your behavior. There are consequences to your words. Yeah. For example, and then we'll take a break. I won the election in a landslide. Joe Biden is a cheater. The Democrats cheated. If those words weren't expressed months before January 6th, guess what, folks? January 6th doesn't happen, just like you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. He is Chris Wynn. I am Brian Shapiro. I've been called worse. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. Phone lines open. 702-221-7283. Again, that number is 221-7283. Speaking of freedom of speech, interesting conversation when we come back. There have been fans that have been kicked out all over the country, but particularly I'm going to focus on Las Vegas Day and the Raiders. Fans have been kicked out of the Allegiant Stadium for holding up signs. Those signs don't have swears. They don't have threats. I'll tell you exactly what those signs said and what happened. Does this pertain to freedom of speech? We'll talk about it when we come back, and we'll take your calls on the other side at 221-7283. Take a quick break. Be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Monday. If you're new to the show, you're just tuning in for the first time. We are live Monday through Friday, noon to 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And, uh, you know, we had Roger Stone on a few weeks ago. I've had the first lady on this show. Um, All sorts of different walks of life. Uh, Comedian T.J. Miller was in studio. Everybody from porn stars to politicians, ladies and gentlemen, that's what we do on this show. We switch it up. I want to tell you guys about my favorite gaming bar in town, which is called Jackson's Bar and Grill. They're having their 20-year anniversary party from 7 to 11 p.m. Yours truly will be there. Chris Wynn will be there as well, as well as a few UNLV greats. Marcus Banks will be there taking pictures, signing autographs. Anderson Hunt, the MVP of the UNLV National Championship team, will be there. Oh, this will be fun. American Idol's William Hung. She bangs, she bangs. He will be there as well. The Vegas Golden Knight will be there at 7 p.m. 
p.m. to 11 p.m. January 20th. They're giving out $5,000 in prizes and free play and free food. You know how much I love free food. And they've got great promotions in January as well. Please check them out. Uh, Jackson's Bar and Grill. It's located at Flamingo and Jones. Chris, I know that you're a fan. I'm a absolute fan. Hopefully <laughs> you get some momentary karaoke with William Hung in the house, right? To uh, display his outstanding voice, my friend. William Hung has agreed to sing She Bang, She Bang. There's going to be a live DJ there. So uh, that's going to be a TMZ moment. There's no question about that. All right, Chris. So uh, we're going to get to the actual Raiders football game. Right. With uh, Gully uh, from Silver and Black uh, Today podcast coming up at the bottom of the hour. Yes. But we're going to hold off on that till okay. now. So last week, Chris, I don't know if you saw this story. And by the way, this doesn't just pertain to the Raiders. It pertains to any fan who goes to professional sporting events. This is effect, this affects you. So you want to listen to this. Last week against the San Francisco 49ers, a fan at Allegiant Stadium said that security threatened to remove him from the stadium for displaying a sign that read, Fire McDaniels and Keep Car." Okay, so that happened last week. This week, it took to even another level. This made national news today. This week, in a situation involving a different fan, security actually followed through on that threat. Videos uh, circulated on social media since Saturday of two fans being escorted away from their seats by Allegiant Stadium security. The reason for their dismissal? By all accounts of those who were sitting near them, and I'm trying to get one of those fans to come on the show so I can get a first-hand account this week, the fans were removed for displaying a sign that read, Bench McDaniels. For those of you that don't know, Josh McDaniels is the head coach, at least for now, of the Las Vegas Raiders. According to some of the witnesses, the removal of the fans, it happened during the halftime show, and one angle seemed to show the fan displaying the sign to players and coaches as they approached the tunnel. Now, we know that Mark Davis has uh, has endorsed Joshua Daniels. This story is not really about the fans' opinion. It's a very fair opinion, and to some level, I actually agree with it. But my opinion on this whole issue is as follows. This makes the Raiders look very, very petty, and it's wrong. Let me be very clear. If you swear or threaten somebody or say something racially insensitive, get the hell out of there. I'm all for it. Get those fans out. If you're causing a disturbance to another fan because they're wearing a different jersey than yours, get the hell out of there. As a fan, you have the right to express yourself in this manner. If you think Josh McDaniels should be fired and you want to hold up a sign that says fire McDaniels or in this case, bench McDaniels, I see absolutely nothing wrong with that. Now, I'm sure the Raiders organization doesn't like it. I'm sure Josh McDaniels and the team doesn't like it, but sometimes fans have a right to voice their opinions and you should allow them to do so. Mark Davis is still making money off of that fan. He paid to be in the arena. This makes the Raiders look very petty. It's wrong. And that fan should get free tickets to next season. That's my personal opinion. Now, whether I agree with the fan or not is irrelevant, but I'll take it a step further and say, I understand his frustration. This was an embarrassing Raiders season. We'll get to that later. Yes, the Raiders do legally have a right to kick him out. I'm not arguing whether the Raiders have a right legally to do it or not. The fan doesn't have a case. I'm saying what the Raiders did makes them look foolish it makes them look petty, and they are wrong. What do you say, Chris? I want to think that there's more to this story, right? Now, the way you just laid it out and described it, to me, it's cut and dry wrong on the part of the Las Vegas Raiders and the organization. If anybody 
in the organization or anybody that was on site that day or anybody that's part of the security team decided or made the call. This is just like the situation with the NFL and the five-minute thing, right? When DeMar, when, when DeMar got hurt. It's the same thing to me. It's the wrong call. If that was the only reason is because of that sign that this fan was kicked out, then what do we, what do we have as far as the Allegiant Stadium policies regarding the signs? Are we following them? Because it doesn't make any sense whatsoever that you're going to kick a fan out for a sign that's that mild, a sign that has that description on there, a sign that is making that statement. You're not going to just kick the fan out for that. So I would think there's more to the story. Did the fan do something egregious? Did the fan do something, as you pointed out, was there racial epithets used? Was there something else that the fan did that got them kicked out? Well, what I'm saying is it doesn't make any sense that the Raiders... Right. And there was even some talk on sports, on sports radio today, locally and around the country regarding this, because they were actually talking about this situation. There were actually people out there saying that Josh McDaniels, there were people that thought Josh McDaniels saw the sign in the stands and he said, Hey, get that fan out of here. What? You think Josh McDaniels, the head coach of the Raiders is looking up in the stands and nitpicking and, you know, having rabbit ears about fans or even, you know, looking at signs and saying, no, that didn't happen. So, again, and I extend this out to the security team. Who on the security team? There has to be protocol, right, and procedures regarding this. And there has to be a method to the madness, a reason why the fan was ejected. It can't be just because he has a sign that that, that, that says bench Josh McDaniels. That's not enough, Yeah, and it's not egregious enough. To eject the fan from the stadium. So let me on the last game of the year against a team so, that, by the way, you're getting waxed by the Kansas City. So teams. Chris, the fan last week, the San Francisco yeah. 49ers fan, did go on a podcast and he said what happened. He had a sign up that said "Fire McDaniel's Keep Car." Doesn't matter whether you agree or disagree with the fan. He has the right to hold up a sign. So we agree with that. Here's what the fan said. He said, "Long story short, security said the decision on the sign came from the top of the top." The sign had to get put away or I was getting removed from the stadium. The fan identified himself as Brendan. He said there was another guy next to me and he asked, was it from Mark Davis? And the security guy just nodded and said, yeah. He said that Davis was not happy and does not want it in the stadium. That's nonsense, Brian. Let me tell you something. That's complete BS. You know why? They're not looking. It's not not every the person that's the head of security, right? Or any individual that is uh, the higher ups when it comes to the Raiders, as far as executives, is not making individual decisions yeah. based on signage in the stadium. They're yeah. not. Right. So that's complete nonsense. So when I hear that, and when and when I don't know if it's a fan who says that, or if anybody, if, if there is some security guard yeah. at at Allegiant Stadium that makes that claim, they're just covering up for their own. Maybe maybe the, maybe maybe the fan pissed them off. Maybe the fan you know irritated them. Whatever. They're making the decision on the spot on their own, and that's a wrong decision, by the way. And they shouldn't be making those decisions. And their high, their bosses, uh, who, who their supervisors of security, whoever their bosses are, need to be addressing that and yeah, making sure me, that they're not making individual calls like that. Yeah. But it makes no sense whatsoever. So let me throw this out to the people that are watching and listening. Do you think it's? Are you okay with? Ownership, it could be an NFL franchise, could be an NBA franchise, NHL, Major League Baseball, whatever. Are you okay with a franchise kicking a fan out for holding up a sign that says fire the general manager or fire the coach or trade a player? Do you think that is a standard that – are you okay with that? I'll open up the phone lines now because I'll tell you right now, I'm not. And I am very hard on some fans. I think if a fan, you know, 
even threatens violence or anything racially insensitive, anything like that, they should be thrown out and banned forever. But in this situation, I back the fans on this one. I think this makes the Raiders look really foolish. What are your thoughts on this? 702-221-7283. And let me give out that number again because I want to get your thoughts on this. This affects all of you, or it could affect all of you, right? 702-221-7283 is the number to call. I believe if a fan is acting violent or even threatens violence or is heavily intoxicated, get them the hell out. But I, I believe this takes it uh, to a whole new level. 702-221-7283 is the number to call. Let's go to Al. Al, what's going on? Hey, listen. So um, uh, you were talking about – I got some echo going on. You were talking about that it's not fair for some people to be getting thrown out or for whatever reason. I want to tell you that Joey Gilbert, did you know I'm Republican? Mm-hmm. Him and his, well, his group got thrown out of the Republican parties. Um, we had an event. Right. And so if it's a private event, whether it's on public or private property, you can get thrown out. Okay. Now, I got thrown out at the East Las Vegas Library at a Democratic event. They didn't want to let me in. And um, uh, eventually they told me that I couldn't get in. Yeah. So basically, if it's a private event, they can throw you out because they don't like those shoes you're wearing. Yeah, so no, we're, we're not saying that legally they don't have the option. What Brian and I were saying is that it's 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 a bad decision. We think so, it's a bad decision. Like, for example, you, you gave the example of your going to a political event. Did you have a ticket to the event or were you credentialed to the event or you're just trying to walk in, yeah. you know, unsolicited or no, what was the, the deal? Is it, they, it was it was a public event. And okay. they put it on Twitter, yep. and then they had a QR code, but it didn't say you had an RSVP, so we showed up. And so, hey, you know what? That's fine. You know, they don't want me in there. That's okay. But, you know, um, uh, you know, gee, um, uh, Joey Gilbert's uh, people are Republican. <laughs> they have a candidate yeah. out there. So, Al, here's my opinion. Out, so, so, Al, here's my – I think you probably know what my answer is going to be here, Al, but I'll, I'll, I want to be clear yeah. on this because this is very important. I'm not arguing, and I'm going to go back to the Raiders for a second now. I'm not arguing that the Raiders don't have a right. Now, if they kicked out a guy and there was evidence because he was straight or gay, if they kicked out somebody because of their sexuality or because of the color of their skin, then there could be legal uh, repercussions, right? But legally, right. they probably have a right to kick you out, and they pro- they certainly have a right to kick out a fan if they don't like a sign. Why? Because it's a private business, and you're not on public property. Right. You're on private property. Yeah. But, Al, I disagree with it, right? I disagree with what the Raiders right. did. And if somebody kicked you out because they just didn't like the fact that you are a, a Republican, I disagree with that as well. Uh, you know, it's yeah. Yeah. Now, now, what I don't like is I don't like, for example, at a political event, if somebody interrupts the event, it could be a Democrat or a Republican. Right. You have to kick those people out. Or I'll take it a step further. And I'm not saying they thought this about you. But if they see somebody going into an event and they fear that, oh, this person has been kicked out of other events, we don't want them to come to this event because they might disturb the event, then I'm okay with that decision. Right. But if there's no evidence of that, then I don't agree with it. And I think what the Raiders did yeah. here, and I, I listen, from my understanding, it did come from the top. And if it did... Mark Davis, you, I supported Mark Davis, and I like Mark Davis as a human being. I don't think he's a great owner of a football team. He's a good owner of a WNBA team. He hasn't done a great job with the Raiders, but I think he's a decent man. But I think they're way off on this, and I think they need to 
address this because this makes the Raiders out look very foolish, in my opinion. But Al and, no, and totally Brian, agree. think about this. It's not. It's, Al, it's it, what you're saying is not. It's not happening. Al, they, I, I mean, Mark is not looking down and auditing signs in the stands. It's just not. It doesn't make any sense. Why would Al, Why would Mark Davis be doing that? Okay, so nah. hold on, Al. Let, let me repeat what I just yeah. said. And I, I and again, I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm just going by uh, the fan who uh, allegedly was. So the fan asked, is alleging that. So then? so I'm going to say what this guy said. Okay. Uh, there was another guy next to me, and he asked, "Was it Mark Davis?" And the security guard nodded his head and said, "Yeah." He said that Davis was not happy and does not want it in the stadium. Now, do I know if that's 100% true or not? No, but I'm going by a witness account. That's well, no, all. no, that's, that's a security guard putting that out there. That doesn't make it true. I don't know. That doesn't if it's mean true. that it happened. Well, somebody Mark complained. Mark Davis is on yeah. the horn down to security guard well, saying, get this guy out of here. Well, let's ask him. Because he's got a well, Josh McDaniels bench sign. Okay, well, Come let's, on. okay, well, I'm going to tell you that's somebody ridiculous. told security yeah. to, to, to threaten to kick this guy out. Somebody told security over the weekend. Could have been a number of people. Him. Okay. Yeah. But it's somebody within the Raiders organization. Yeah. Okay, we can agree on Mark Davis. Okay, whether it was Mark Davis or whether it was an intern, I don't care. Yeah. It's wrong. Al, do you agree? I agree with you. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I agree it was wrong, but yeah. the thing is that I don't think it's good policy for the Raiders to be doing that, but the reason I wanted to call, you know, be neutral on this thing is that if you go get thrown out of a public event, don't go do something stupid. You're going to end up in jail because well, they're, they're within their right. Certainly. That's well, that goes kind of the saying. reason I called yeah. in. Yeah. Al, I have one more quick right. question before we let you go. Uh, have you bought any yes, Kevin McCarthy uh, posters recently? Kevin McCarthy? Um, yeah. uh, no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> With an S-O-T-H Kevin McCarthy? No, I have not. Label okay. underneath his picture. I thought you were Kevin. <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, uh, you know, okay. I was following that whole event. It was just a bunch of drama. <laughs> We'll yes, see it what was. happens, you know. I mean, it's just a bunch of <laughs> yeah. craziness. The one that I would like you to have is a, a person that I'm a fan of. Is if you got get Kevin McMahill. I've had him on. I've had him on. I have. I talk to Kevin all the time. I've had him on. I love Kevin. I think he's a great guy. I think he's going to be a great sheriff. I, I like him a lot. He's a great guy. I agree. I think he's yeah. doing a great job. Yeah. And I hope we all give him our, all our support. Everybody Agreed. get involved in the community and make it safer, yep. man. Thank you for the I'm call, Al. For that. I'm gonna, hey, you know what? Unban me from your uh, Facebook because I can't see your stuff on Facebook. Oh, okay. Well, Al, we're, we're friends again, so I'll unban you, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Thanks, Al. Thanks, Al. Thank you. I didn't know. I didn't know Al was banned on my Facebook page. I, I, I just learned. I, really, I didn't know that. You got. You have some. You have some. Uh, you know, Mark Davis uh, personal animus, Mr. Shapiro, towards <laughs> some of the PTL fans out there. There are a lot of people that are fans of PTL, my friend. That Good. have different viewpoints than you have, particularly um, from political landscape. You know what's crazy? I started on a few different uh, social media, a few different mm-hmm. social media platforms. I have over a million views on on a few social social media platforms in a couple weeks so people yeah people are watching to that point brian uh props to a lot of the people engaging on social media both on to the tiktok feed as well as on facebook live you're getting a, a lot of engagement across the board thanks to chat well Carol. i'm not engaged i was engaged Lewis. at one thanks point to, thanks to michelle when our uh Winarski and uh and uh beebs beebs for democracy as well oh boy. a lot of people chiming in mr shapiro yes. when it comes to these topics here on pto um, i want to bring up demar hamlin uh i haven't really gotten into this with you chris because we did the show uh last monday mm-hmm. and it was before obviously the tragic it's amazing what has taken place since then and i want to talk about it because this is a feel-good story uh i don't know whether demar hamlin will ever be able to play professional sports again but the fact that this man is breathing on his own and then he has this facebook chat uh, with members of the team 
is so incredible to me. And it's such an emotional story. But, I, you know, the Raiders, I will give props to the Raiders now uh, where they honored DeMar Hamlin and every NFL team did. And it's just a it's just a wonderful way that for the most part, I would say ninety nine point nine percent of people brought people together. Obviously, you're always going to get some unintelligent people that are going to blame the vaccines on what took place with DeMar Hamlin, which is idiotic. But for the most part, everybody came together. It didn't matter what team you supported. It didn't matter where you came from or what you looked like. Everybody came together and prayed for DeMar Hamlin. And uh, the fact that uh, this is going on now is is really great. Um, no question, right, that, Brian, yeah. this is one of those things where it could have been worst-case scenario or best-case scenario. It turns out it was a damn yeah. good scenario because he is now in in the process of recovering and it is absolutely a positive story and And, uh it was great to see how that all shook out yesterday with that buffalo bills new england patriots game where the opening kickoff mr shapiro was taken to the house by the buffalo bills you can't draw a script up pretty cool and uh mark just gave me this information which i was unaware of which is some more good news when it comes to demar hamlin Mm -hmm. uh this is great so he's heading back to buffalo today uh, for treatment, which I think is fantastic. Um, what I think about in my mind, this is like a movie, Chris, because it looks like we're going to have a happy ending here. Uh, what I think about in my mind is what it would be like if DeMar Hanlon is able to even attend a Buffalo Bills playoff game. Now, obviously, he I'm sure his health is still very up in the air, but the fact that he's breathing on his own and I'm just saying if. It's a big if. There's a lot of good football teams out there. We, I just saw the Chiefs play over the weekend. Phenomenal team. There's a lot of a lot of teams, I'd say at least five or six teams that could win it all this year. Buffalo being one of them, I think we can agree on that. If, in fact, Buffalo makes it to the Super Bowl in Arizona, and if DeMar Hamlin is able to be on the sidelines, sitting down or standing up. Let whatever, me tell you something. That'd be incredible. That's absolutely something that could possibly happen. He was live tweeting during the game yesterday, my friend. Right. All right. So he is, he is having a speedy recovery. Look, I'm not, we're not medical professionals. So I'm not going to sit here no. and say that it's a lock that no. if the Bills make the Super Bowl. He's going to be there on the sidelines. If you're on but the- let me tell you something. <laughs> if they're able to play like that in, in a game, the final regular season game, and you saw how amped that Buffalo Bills team was, along with the fans there in Buffalo, it was just an incredible scene from an emotional standpoint. If they're able to get up for that, the final regular season game, Think about what the Buffalo Bills are going to be able to do from an emotional standpoint come playoff time. When right. you're playing playoff games, when you have an opportunity to get through that glass ceiling that Buffalo Bills haven't able to get to, which is win a Super Bowl championship. If yeah. they make it to the Super Bowl, there's, yeah. you got to believe DeMar is going to want to sure. absolutely be no in the building. No question. And I believe Arizona, right? Where the Super Bowl absolutely. is this year. So, Chris, I want to bring this story up because it's a... It's a tragic story, and it involves medical misinformation, sadly. The same people that were saying DeMar Hamlin dropped because he got the vaccine, which is idiotic, by the way. I'm going to go local now. There's a local Las Vegas senior, 18 years old, this poor woman, poor young girl, teenager, uh, 18 years old, and she was playing some flag football, my understanding, and then she took a break, and she collapsed, and she lost her life, and my thoughts and prayers go out to her family and friends. Uh, a young girl just starting her life and it's just tragic. It's terrible. Some people that you know and some people that I know, mutual friends mm-hmm. and people that we don't know personally, we're going on social media, posting this story, spreading more conspiracy theory nonsense that, don't you see another one dropping? It's happening all the time. It must be the vaccine. And I get so angry bringing this up because number one, it's a lie. It's medical misinformation. Number two, the poor mother of this young girl in an interview 
said in a statement that her daughter suffered from some heart ailments and some heart issues. And even though her doctor said it was okay for her to exercise, Mm -hmm. clearly it wasn't. She lost her life and it had nothing to do with the vaccine. I am so angry at people that continue, even in the case of uh, Hamlin, to spread medical misinformation about the vaccines. Now, we know. And by the way, I am not sharing any of this information from just me speculating or something on social media. It's from actual infectious disease experts that don't make appearances on Fox News and Newsmax, people that saved my life. That's where I'm getting my information from. Half the world, more than half the world, as you know, Chris, have taken the vaccine. There is no evidence to suggest that thousands of professional athletes are dropping dead because of the vaccine, so on and so forth. And the people out there that say, oh, you know, I know somebody that got the vaccine and six months later had a heart attack. Do you know that person's medical history? Have you spoken to their doctors? And by the way, any infectious disease expert will tell you. This is not Brian talking now. These are actual real experts. Mm -hmm. That if you take a vaccine, the overwhelming majority of those that will have any type of side effect from the vaccine, you will have it within two months. I am tired of these people spreading medical misinformation, especially when people are grieving the loss of loved ones. Here's what I do know. We've lost so many people in this country due to COVID and so many people around the world. While I'm sure you can find some rare cases of the vaccines that have had uh, bad effects on some people, the vaccines have saved so many lives. The evidence is overwhelming of that. And when a young person loses their life, mm-hmm. if the first per- thing that enters your mind is, oh, it must have been the vaccine, then you have some soul searching to do. And it's despicable what you are doing. They did it with DeVar- DeMar Hamlin. Yep. And they're doing it with this poor young 18 year old girl that lost her life. Okay. And, and, and by the way, it does, uh, this is even worse because this young woman lost her life, Brian. Her name, by the way, is, is uh, Ashari Hughes. She's 16, not 18. She's a 16 year old sophomore at Desert Oasis High School here in Las Vegas. And as you pointed out, she did have some, some heart ail- issues and ailments that she was dealing with. And she was actually hospitalized. She didn't actually die in the field. She was taken to the hospital and then right. unfortunately passed away. She was given away, CPR. Given yeah. CPR and yeah. actually passed away at the hospital, 16 years old. This woman, young woman had her whole life ahead of her. This is a tragic situation, right? The situation regarding with, with, with Damar Hamlin. Yes, it was absolutely sure. traumatic without question. And it affected a lot of us, a lot of people, people that weren't even in, in, in the stadium were affected by it. Make no mistake about it, but it's, it, it looks like it's going to be a positive outcome to that. It's not yep. with Hughes and her, and her family. She has passed away. She loses her life at the tender age of 16 years old. And that is, that is a tragedy, my friend. Mm-hmm. And for people out there that you're talking about that are going to tie COVID-19 into this, you know how I feel about it, Brian. And a lot of you out there listening to PTL Vegas right now know how I feel about that. You can go straight to you know where and 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 just stay there because it's completely and utterly absurd yeah. and disgusting we, that you're taking that Chris, approach at all. Go straight to Mar-a-Lago. Is that what you were talking about? Yeah. <laughs> all right. He's Chris Went on Brian Shapiro. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, we are going to take a break. I want to tell you guys about my good friends at Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care. They're located at 6125 West Sarah Avenue, Suite 1B, Las Vegas, Nevada. No appointment needed. Give them a call. 702-248-0554. You could visit them online at SaharaWestUrgentCare.com. They gave me the testosterone therapy out there. Can't you see, folks? I'm 
you know, I'm built like Hulk Hogan. Can't you see that? Uh, it actually worked. I was in and out of there in 20 minutes and it was awesome. And uh, I promise they'll take care of you. If you don't have insurance, they take most insurances, but if you don't, $95 payment there. It's awesome. Please check them out. Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to get down to a little bit of X's and O's when it comes to uh, Raider Nation and, and what took place this season, what took place over the weekend. Did the, did the players quit on Josh McDaniels? We'll talk about that with Gully, Scott Gulbertson from uh, one of the greatest podcasts when it comes to Raider Nation, Silver and Black today. Gully will be joining us next. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas's top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Hey, everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes and more. 
They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client, so please give them a call, 702-248-0554. It's impossible for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you, his relationships with the prosecutors and judges, and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and the latest lines on every game. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards on every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino, Fiesta Wildfire, or the El Cortez. Details at the Sportsbooks. A great time! Your entertainment destination, the South Point, invites you to experience the ultimate great time! Under one roof! Bowling! Dancing! A live show! A movie! Delicious dining! And one of South Point's 11 restaurants! So much to see! So much to do! You won't know where to start first! This week, make it a South Point week and discover for yourself why the South Point is your entertainment destination for a great time! all right welcome back it is pushing the limits uh glad you could join us man i just started the uh the tiktok thing five thousand people were watching he, he us. sounds like a senior citizen i know Mark, i'm so old that i just started this tiktok know, so, thing what, what's this i know all about? i'm so old hey we got we had five thousand people watching us so that's kind of cool and uh like 8100 likes so I'm, I'm happy to see that uh and uh you know the guy that's joining us right now he's got plenty of likes as well in my opinion it's the best raider podcast out there silver and black today and uh we call him gully scott Gobernson joining us to kind of break down the x's and o's uh scott thank you so much for joining us on what is a very busy raider nation weekend what's going on my friend Scott, are you there? Did we lose you? Oh, we still got the music on. There we go. Scott, can you hear us? Get that music uh, mark off if you can. There we go. We now we got. Us. We can I hear can him hear a little bit. Now we there got we go. Scott going. What's, What's up? going on, Gully? What's there up, Scott? I'm just checking on Brian and make sure he's on the Twitter <laughs> and he's on the Facebook. <laughs> I'm everywhere. It's that, it's that scene from Hot Tub Time Machine, right, uh, yeah. Gully, where you, you got uh, Rob Codry's <laughs> Twitter. Yeah. Whatever the heck that is. Well, you know what, Scott? Me and C. Wynn, we, we haven't even talked about this. Not that we need to get it into it with you, but we went to the AVN uh, Porn Expo. Yes, we did. And uh, Chris was approached by a few uh, male directors to 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 maybe uh, join him in some movies. Uh, is that a movie that you would see, Scott? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, no, I... 
just for the record, I politely declined on all, on, on all counts. He know, did. All, all of them that came up and suggested <laughs> they want some sea win, uh, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the cast. I said, I'm past yeah, my prime, gentlemen. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Chris, I, I think we might have stumbled upon Brian's uh, fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> we, got, we, we, there, there might be, Mr. 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 Uh, uh, Gully, I'm telling you, there might be, we might have stumbled on some of yeah. the uh, Shap's fetishes, uh, my friend. As Scott just said, uh, no. Anyway, let's talk about some Raider football. Hey, before I get to the actual game, Scott, we were talking about, I'm sure you saw this story about some Raider fans that are being kicked out of games for holding up signs that say bench McDaniels, fire McDaniels, keep Derek Carr. I think it makes the Raiders look really bad and petty. What are your thoughts on this story? So, so while I agree with you, I don't just, I don't agree with them taking signs away from people. They say, let me say that number one. But it's consistent with what's happening on the NFL. It's consistent with what happened in the end of the beat. I was at a game, Cincinnati game last year, because their owner's an idiot. And they held the sign up basically saying, sell the team. And guess what happened? That person got kicked out. Not because they had the sign. Because they refused to stop flashing it. And and this is what happened at Allegiant Stadium, too. And I think that's the side of the story you got to tell. Again, I'm all for free speech in every way. If somebody wants to hold up a sign, if I was the owner, hey, I would allow it. Unless it's obscene. I'm okay with it. But here's the deal. If you look at the code of conduct from the Raiders and every NFL team, it states that you they can basically do whatever they want when you go in there. And when you buy the ticket, you're basically signing a contract to do that. So you're giving up the right to have, quote, unquote, freedom of speech. Now, that aside, would I have done it? No. But I've seen the video. You've seen the video. It does not appear this gentleman, and I don't know, maybe he's got a different story, and I'd love to hear it. And that is he refused to stop doing it. And so that's why they, they didn't kick him out for having the sign. They kicked him out because yeah. they told him to stop doing it, and he kept doing it. His choice, and I'm all for choice. So if he wants to do that, yeah. totally cool. So Scott, and it's made news. So Scott, tell me if you now the fan from last week. I'm not even talking about over the weekend. The fan from last yeah. week, uh, his name is Brendan. He did a podcast, yep. and he claimed that uh, somebody next to him asked the security guard, "Was this for Mark Davis?" The security guard nodded his head, "Yeah." And he said that Davis was not happy and does not want it in the stadium. Do you believe that fan? Do you believe that's true? Um, I don't. Uh, and this is why. Now, imagine. Now, when I was growing up, going through college and worked uh, retail jobs, right? What was the easiest thing for me to get somebody who looked down upon me because I was just a lowly college kid making, at the time, six-something dollars an hour? Mm -hmm. And and somebody wouldn't want to obey what I asked them to do. I'd say, listen, this is the policy of the store. My manager does this, says this. Of course, the guy's going to say, well, it comes right from the top. Well, yeah, the Raiders are the top. Stadco, which manages the stadium, they're the people who manage the stadium. Technically, who oversees that? Yes. Okay, so it's the Raiders. Did Mark Davis put out a memo or verbally or otherwise to say, listen, if you see any negative signs, take them down? I don't know. Maybe he's like the owner of the Knicks. He doesn't come across that way to me. Um but, but again, I, I'm in favor of allowing people to have signs unless it's something completely outrageous or political in nature. Right. That, to, me, to me, you should be able to put up signs. I love this player. I hate this player. I love this owner. Sell the team. Whatever. I don't have any problem. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, Scott. And I think it makes the Raiders look uh, a bit petty, and I don't like it. We'll have to wait and uh, see if this continues into next year. But, uh, yeah. All right. So let's talk about the game over the weekend. Obviously, uh, the ring around the rosy play to me is a microcosm of the entire game. Uh, I asked, uh, actually asked Andy Reid about that after the game, and it was a play where uh, they practiced that trick play 
But as far as the ring around the rosy thing, that was just something they were screwing around in practice. And apparently Andy Reid told the guys, hey, I kind of like that. It's a good distraction. Um, it looked like they toyed with the Raiders throughout the entire game. Am I wrong in making that assessment? No. I mean, listen, the Chiefs are in a completely different class than the Raiders in every possible way. Now, does that mean the Raiders can't be a good competitive team even in a year? No, it doesn't mean that. They can if Dave Ziegler does his job right. But listen. The Kansas City Chiefs, you go back to Mike Mayock a couple years ago when he was the GM, and what did he say? Our job is to build a team to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. You have to win your division, okay? And and the Raiders, it shows you the difference, where they're at from where they need to be, okay? And so if you look at that and what the Chiefs, was it disrespectful? I guess you can call it that. But guess how you earn respect? You earn respect by winning, and you earn respect by punching the other guy in the mouth. And the, the, the Raiders now have lost, I don't know, was it 10 straight games to the, the Chiefs by 18 points or whatever? I don't know what it is, something crazy like that. Yeah. Uh, and so, so listen, that's the way it goes. Until you stop them, guess what? If you got somebody bullying you and you sit there and you take it and take it and take it and you're, you can't do anything about it, they're going to keep doing it. So guess what? Raider fans angry about it? Don't be mad at the Chiefs. Be mad at the Raiders for not fielding a better team. So, Scott, two weeks ago, obviously, in a close loss to the San Francisco 49ers, there was a little bit of waxing poetic regarding Jared Stidham, right, at the quarterback position. Talks about uh, what, you know, he maybe he's played himself into a situation where he could be a bridge-type guy or even have a career as a starting quarterback in the NFL. What were your impressions of him as he closed out the season as well, too, in a very underwhelming fashion, to say the least, against the Kansas City Chiefs on Saturday afternoon? Yeah, again, we, we said, by the way, I want to congratulate you on your Lions. There Thank you, you very much. Like, yes. That's uh, that's good for you. Okay. Yes. So, so you look at Jared Stidham, first of all, two games. Mm-hmm. You, you're, it's, it's an audition, yes. It's a little bit of, hey, what are we going to see from this kid? And, yes, he reverted a little bit or regressed a little bit only because, guess what? People had tape on him. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the Raiders were doing, listen, the offensive was much different than it was. But I think if you look at him, I've never looked at him as anybody other than somebody who was competing to perhaps go into the spring to compete for the job. And in two games, do I think he could do that? No. Do I think he should be perhaps the backup next year or, or, or maybe he's a bridge guy because they draft a rookie? Perhaps. But I think you look at that and you he has no experience. And so, yeah, there's only a few Brock Purdy examples in the history of the NFL and so you have to look at that and you have to put it into context of were people giving him a gold jack after one game? If they were, they're ridiculous. Uh, instead, you're looking at the skill set. And I think he showed some really great stuff. But he also showed his inexperience by making some bad decisions on Sunday against the Chiefs. Yeah, it had a very much uh, the look of a Matt Flynn situation right in Green Bay, I believe about a decade ago, when to cap off the regular season, he had that monster game against my Detroit Lions, as a matter of fact. And then I'm getting the huge contract in Seattle. But what it leads us to, right, Gully? is the offseason, and that's going to be one of the talking points, right, my friend, when it comes mm-hmm. to the Raiders and as far as how things are shaken up from a personnel standpoint in that the quarterback position. From from Scott Gulberson's perspective, who is going to be under center and who are the are the people that are in the running to be under center for the Las Vegas Raiders in 2023, my friend? Boy, if I didn't, if I knew, if I had a really great answer for you, Chris, I'd be putting money down right now on an app. Uh, on a prop because I'm not sure. I mean, all the talk about Tom Brady, all the talk about Garoppolo. Do I think those happen? Absolutely. Um, But at the same time, they're at number seven in in the first round in the draft. Teams could be looking to down. A lot of quarterback hungry teams at the top of that first round. It's going to be competitive there. It all depends what teams think. 
So if I, if I look at it, I really believe at this point that they're going to go with a veteran bridge guy and they're going to draft a quarterback, whether it's in that first seven picks or not. Mm-hmm. And then Jared Stidham will be there too. It'll be a little bit of an open competition for who is the backup and maybe the starter, depending what happens in the spring. But I think they go in with a guy they can count on as a starter, as a bridge starter, and then they have to draft or go out and get a young quarterback and develop that person into the future franchise quarterback. Remember, AFC West, yeah. I should say, AFC playoffs, oldest quarterback in the AFC playoffs is 27 yeah. years old. All right, so Scott, I want to give you uh, my opinions on the coaching staff and, and moving forward, and then I want to get your thoughts, and you can tell me whether you agree or not on it. Uh, I think Josh McDaniels did not do a very good job, clearly. Uh, I, I don't believe that the play calling was very good all year. I certainly wouldn't put it all on Derek Carr. He certainly had a terrible year. you got to put a lot of responsibility on him, but I also think the play calling wasn't very good. The defense has not been as, as good as it needs to be. Is it all on Josh McDaniels? No. Is it all on Derek Carr? No. But a lot of the responsibility has to go on the catch uh, coaching staff. Now, I'm not talking about financial situation now. I'm just giving you my opinion on what I think Mark Davis should do. You're going to give him another year. You're going to give him an opportunity to get his players so there's no more excuses. He now has an offseason to get a quarterback. He has an offseason to pick up some new players, get rid of the players he doesn't want on the team. If they don't win, the, make the playoffs next year. I'm not saying make it to a Super Bowl. I'm not even saying winning a playoff game. I'm saying, in my opinion, Josh McDaniels and this staff, has they have an offseason you need to make the playoffs next year. I don't care how good their division is, or you got to let them go. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, and I don't know that. I don't know that he's got a full year. I mean, listen, mm. if this guy starts off zero and five, could happen. You never know. Then he's gone early. I mean, you can't. You cannot look at this situation. I don't care. Especially to your point, if you go out, you've made the decision on the quarterback, so you're going to go get a new quarterback. That's all driven by system, by the GM and the coach. And then you're going to go out and you're going to build, rebuild the offensive line, which they should have done last year and they didn't do. Another criticism there, really, of, of Dave Ziegler. And then you got to build that defense. So if they can't put it together quickly to the point where they're competitive enough, then you got to look at the coaching. He's already the focus of national ire because he has such a poor record as a head coach. And I don't see Mark Davis being that patient. I don't care if he's best buds with Dave Ziegler. If he goes too far, I mean, that first half of the season is big for him. He knows he's on the hot seat. So they got to come in hot. They got to make the right choice at quarterback. They got to get the offensive line. Those might go together, by the way, if it's a Tom Brady. Um, and then they got to make progress on defense. They got to, they got, they have to draft their balls off, my guys. They have to. Yeah. Speaking of bright spots, you talked about it. Brian was there to cover the game on Saturday. One of the most, ch- most chatter and talked about things post game was Josh Jacobs, right, Scott? And what he's had this year. Obviously, the NFL's leading rusher had a tremendous season, and now the focus goes to the offseason and bringing him back in the fold, right, Scott? I gotta believe, I gotta believe that Raider Nation out there and the Raiders themselves feel that you talk about the guys you need to have in place for next season if you're going to be one of those teams that contends for an AFC playoff spot. I gotta believe that retaining Josh Jacobs in any way, shape, or form is going to be imperative for the silver and black to do that. Correct. And if this was five weeks ago, I would have fought the other way on that one. Mm-hmm. But I do think that because the money's free up now, you, you're saving right. $35 million with Derek Carr. There's a lot of other contracts coming off that roster. A bunch of these guys are going to be gone. The Raiders could have upwards of $60 million in cap space. 
So give Josh Jacobs his money. I mean, he deserved it. He earned it this yeah. year. He stayed healthy for the most part. I know he had a little bit of an injury at the end, but that's going to happen, especially with the extended season. So with, with, with Devontae Adams and perhaps a young quarterback or a bridge quarterback, you need all the tools you can on offense. So I don't think they have much choice. And I think Josh Jacobs wants to say, so they might get it a little yeah. less than if he was just on the open market. All right, so Scott, we, uh, last question. We talked about this uh, last time here on the show, and it seems like a lot of people have been talking about this over the course of the last several weeks, which is who is going to be the next Raiders QB. You know, I'm watching the Packers game last night, and uh, obviously the Packers not making postseason. You look at Aaron Rodgers as he was walking out of Lambeau Field into the tunnel. He gave that look to the fans and that emotion, which is basically the look of, okay, well, this will probably be my last time in Lambeau Field wearing a Packers jersey. I don't think he's going to be on this team next year. Uh, what does that mean for the Raiders? Uh, I still think Tom Brady and Garoppolo are probably the two favorites, even though Brady is making postseason at his age, which is unbelievable. Uh, but I actually think you have to give Aaron Rodgers a a few more points, percentage points towards the possibility of him being a quarterback here. Am I wrong in saying that? So, I, hey, listen, anything can happen, Brian. But but I the only reason I disagree is because I look at Josh McDaniel's system and familiarity with the system. Mm-hmm. And obviously those two other guys fit it better. And then the cost. So I, I think Aaron Rodgers, from a cost perspective, is going to be the biggest. Unless he just – he's smoking the magic mushrooms and he says, hey, I'm going <laughs> to take a lot less money. Cool. Okay, yeah. then, then I see it as a, di- a different possibility. Right. I think he could end up replacing Tom Brady in Tampa. Mm. Or he could end up in San Francisco. That's true. Right? Yeah. So, so, so I think one of those teams that's that 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 has a little more cap space for the yeah. quarterback position, or thinks that they're just a quarterback. I mean, look how good the 40, the 49ers might win it this year with Brock Purdy, which would be a Hollywood story, right? Mm-hmm. But um, the fact is, I think that's the that's the issue I see with Aaron. Rod- mm-hmm. And I like Aaron Rodgers. A lot of people think he's washed. I do not. I think he's still oh, a I don't. Great quarterback. Yeah. And um, it would be great to have him on the Raiders. I just think that yeah. the cost is going to be great. And just remember, Aaron Rodgers was immunized. So that also could play a big role. Uh, we don't know what they put in that. But yeah, he was immunized, Chris. And so, Brian and Scott, <laughs> those of you watching the video feed, you saw me making the sweeping motion because that was my Detroit Lion fandom coming out the first time. Hey. He swept Green hey. Bay over the season yes. in, in a yeah. long time. And to tie in what Scott was talking about, about, about congratulating yeah. my Lions. Yeah. Next year, the schedules come out. The Las Vegas Raiders will be playing the NFC North next year. And unfortunately yes. for me, Gully and Brian, the Lions game is in Detroit. Well, I want so well, much to finally get my, to see my Honolulu Blue and Silver well, here at Legion Stadium. Man. But now I'm going to have to wait another four years because that's how kind of the schedule works, uh, right, Gully? And Scott is how it's, it's like every four years they well, rotate the divisions in the AFC and the NFC. Scott, so Scott, I got to wait. I got to wait. Not, I got to wait to see my Lions Scott, come here to Vegas. Rather, Scott, there is something rather, called an airplane. Yeah, you rather not see the Lions in beautiful Detroit? Come on. Well, it's, you know what I'm saying. It's it's, it's like, it's like it's going that, to Miami. It's that once in a life. It's it's the first time I get to see my Detroit Lions on the in yeah. Vegas. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was know. the same thing when the when the Detroit Red Wings came here to play the baseball. Yeah, Scott. Yeah, it's like going to Miami. Scott just said. Brian's bringing uh, up. Yeah. Brian's bringing up. You know, there's airplanes out there. It's not a. Yeah, I can go to Detroit oh. and watch the game. You just see him it's in about. Your new, you yeah, see him in your Gully, new you town. you know you were picking up what I'm putting down, right? <laughs> I'm talking. It's it's coming to Vegas. It's the, yeah. it's the Lions coming to Vegas, and of course, because the schedule, they're going to be in Detroit. Hey, Gully Scott, uh, yeah, or you know, uh, Chris is getting red in the face. It's like me. I'm uh, Dan Campbelling it right now, Gully. Yeah. It'd be I'm like going Dan Campbell. It, it, it'd be like if me gave if I gave him a, a MAGA hat and a Donald Trump poster for his birthday, he'd get just as angry, maybe even more. Oh. Anyway, Gully, thank you so much for joining us, man. You're the best. I appreciate you coming on. We'll have you on again. We know there's going to be some interesting off season decisions that Josh McDaniels and his staff are going to make, and we. 
We'd love to have you on again when that when that does happen. I always appreciate it. Every week when you come on, Scott, you're the best. Thank you so much. Thanks, Gully. I, I appreciate you guys. who always good spending time with you. Have a great week and happy new year. Thanks, yeah. Gully. You too for you and your family. That's Scott Galbranson, one of the best in the business, does a great podcast, yeah. a great Raider insider. And I always appreciate him coming on. Hey, listen, Chris, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I am. I have to give your Detroit Lions a lot of credit. That was a game that, as they learned a half an hour before, that they were completely out of the playoff picture. They played really hard. The Detroit defense gave Aaron Rodgers and that offense a lot of problems. And Detroit, even though they didn't make the playoffs, and I know a lot of fans are disappointed that, that they didn't, but they had a winning record in a, in, in a very difficult league. The Detroit Lions have been very bad for a long time. This is a big turnaround season for them, and now the expectations have to be higher. You have to give the head coach and his staff a ton of credit for turning this thing around. Jared Goff uh, has been a big part of it. I think we could all agree no on question. that. But their yeah. defense is what's really impressed me all year. Well, no, no, no. Their defense was terrible throughout the second half of the year. I'm talking about the second half of the year. It's improved. Yeah, it's, no question. The defense has played a lot better. Yeah. Look, it's one of the good stories in the NFL this year, right, Brian? The well, Detroit for you, Lions. for you. No question. <laughs> no, no, the Lions are, as far yeah. as the NFL is concerned. The, the, a lot of people yeah. that aren't even Detroit Lions fans are, yeah. are talking about this team. Now we look and get it. They were on, you know, the TV show to begin the season, Hard yeah. Knocks. Yep. So they get, they're, they're exposed to a lot of people out there. Yep. But a lot of people like Dan Campbell is a very likable guy. Yeah. I talked about this all the time. Maybe not the smartest guy, guy in the world. <laughs> and you pointed out but. this game right at the end of the season. They weren't a playoff. They knew before right. that before the kickoff of that game, they were not playing the playoffs. But you know what, Brian? There was still motivation. You know why? Yep. You're playing a division rival, one of the yeah. hated division Let rivals. Let me put it this way. Also, you're playing to be a team that's over 500. They're playing mm-hmm. to be a 9-8 and eight team this year. So that, that was a little bit of motivation as well, too. Yeah. So there were reasons why Detroit came out and played well in that game and had motivation to win so, that game, despite the fact that they that they understood. That so they you want to talk season. about opposite ends of the spectrum for two games in the playoff picture that did not mean anything, which right. is the Detroit Lions and the Las Vegas Raiders. You want to mm-hmm. talk about two teams that came out completely differently. The Raiders, to me, and this is me, and all due respect to the players – but it did not look like they were even close to full effort. They didn't want to tackle. They didn't want to get physical in the game over the weekend. I look at the Detroit Lions, and it was the opposite for them. It looked like they were overly engaging, like they were playing for their playoff lives. And because of that performance, Aaron Rodgers will not be in the playoffs. Terrible loss for the Packers. I give the Lions accolades, but I look at two different teams. The Detroit Lions and a coaching staff that had them playing at 100%, 110% yesterday. It was a hell of a football game. They played in Lambeau Field, which we all know is one of the most difficult places to play mm-hmm. in the NFL, and they won a, a tough football game. And then I look at the Raiders. They were never in this game. I felt like the Chiefs could have won by eight touchdowns if they wanted to. If they wanted to, they could have won that game by 40 points. Yeah. You know, um, The Raiders' defense especially was just terrible. And I look at effort, right? And we didn't even mention this. You want to talk about effort. We only have a few more minutes. Right. What about the UNLV running Rebels? And once again, I give Kevin Kruger a ton of credit. Impressive as gold get out. You start the yeah. season 0-2. Mm-hmm. The loss to San Jose State was terrible. But as bad as that loss to San Jose State is, you could say this win was just as good. You went into the pit. Mm-hmm. 
a nationally, uh, you know, a team that's a top 25 in the country. Now, do I think New Mexico is even the best team in the Mountain West? No. But they were still ranked top 25 in the country. I don't think New Mexico is better than San Diego State. I certainly don't think New Mexico is a top 25 team because they're not good defensively. I don't like their guard play. I love Mashburn, but their bigs aren't very good and they, they're, they're not very good defensively. They just lost to Fresno State. New Mexico is still a very difficult place to go in and win on the road. How about that atmosphere, Brian, right? Yeah, they're in the out. pit in yeah. Albuquerque. Yeah. It's you a know, great win. We cover UNLV basketball. There's not an atmosphere like that at Thomas and Mac no. as of right now. Now it could get there, right? If they keep, if, if, if the runner rebels keep doing what they're doing, yep. it could get there. But that atmosphere on Saturday was impressive to say the least. Yeah. I mean, to so go in. The Lobo faithful were doing. What, what I like about this win and forget about how good New Mexico may or not, may not be. Right. But what I like about this win, Chris, is you have guys like Gilbert and guys like Harkless. I don't even know if Harkless has ever even played there before. And you have guys that are in an environment which is sold out at the pit, and Harkless had a monster game. Gilbert made big shots. They were pretty good defensively. They had a great second half. And that's got to do wonders for your team because now you know you can beat anybody on the road. I I think San Diego State is going to be a tough place to win on the road. Nevada is pretty good this year. Alfred's got them playing pretty well. Mm -hmm. That's a tough place to play on the road. But, you know, this is a, this is a really nice win because you didn't want to start the season 0 and 3 in the conference. That's that would suck. And now you're on the winning train and I believe you have Boise State Wednesday night if I'm yes. not uh, mistaken. Boise mm-hmm. State just beat San Jose State on the road by like 30. UNLV just lost to San Jose State. So Boise State is a good basketball team. Are they the best team in the conference? Probably not, but they're right in that mix of one of the top 3 teams I think in the league. Uh I think San Diego State has to be number 1. Number two is kind of shady right now with the way New Mexico has been playing. They just lost to Fresno. They lost to UNLV, but they're still a top five team. Certainly Boise State is in that mix. There's no question about that. And let's not forget about Wyoming. Wyoming just lost by one to New Mexico. They're starting to get their players back. Uh, the Mountain West Conference is in a very good place right now. There's a lot of parity at the top, which I think is very good for the conference. And Brian, with UNLV, if you're Kevin Kruger and your staff, got to be healthy. Look, you know what you're going to get out of Harkless. You know what you're going to get out of Rodriguez and, and, and to some extent, Kilbert. But they got co- key contributions from their supporting cast on Saturday, right? David Mwaka, solid game, yep. double digits. And a, a guy that you know, you know, I, myself and our, our uh, friend of the show, Brian Feldman, we bag on him a lot. Because we expect more out of them. Yeah. But Jordan McKay had a solid game as well, too, on Saturday where he was in double yep. digits. So if you're going to get, you know, uh, guys kicking in from the supporting cast like that, it's yep. a positive yep. that Kevin and his staff sure. got to love. Uh, Chris, I appreciate you being here. A couple yeah. quick things to mention before we go. I know this is, uh, I hate to call it an anniversary of sorts. Uh, celebrate the life, but I think it's one year, right? Uh, Brian Blessing, of the passing of Brian Blessing. This is the Brian Blessing studio. Yes. Brian was a great guy and uh, thoughts and prayers certainly to his family and friends. He was certainly always nice to me and he sorely missed uh, our good friend Brian Feldman hopefully getting out of the hospital today uh, he's been sick my dad was in the hospital my mother you know. broke her arm over the, over the weekend as well too there's been a lot of uh, of uh, medical situations that must Brian. have been a, a Detroit so Lions celebration everybody get well <laughs> yes, soon Brian yes. my mother your yes. father yep. and, uh, and of course uh, you know and, and of course Brian Feldman I mean it's, it's, it's uh, tough and uh, yes yeah Ryan Blessing, uh, you know, rest in peace, my friend. One of my favorites here in Las yes. Vegas. Michelle Mortensen, absolutely. We got Michelle Mortensen coming in studio tomorrow. We also have a very special running rebel that is going to be joining us in studio tomorrow. I'm going to keep it a secret for right now. Uh, but trust me, you'll know who he is when he comes in studio tomorrow. It's going to be very exciting. Uh, thank you for being here, Chris. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you to Mark Hayes for all the help. Always appreciated. And uh, for all the comments on social media and all the calls, we appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Have a great day, everybody. I don't shake your hand.